Welcome to the Springs in the Desert podcast. We're those friends that you can take with you wherever you are on the path of infertility. Hello, this is Cassandra. Welcome back to the Springs in the Desert podcast. We are walking with you on the path of infertility. And I am here today with my friend Jillian. Jillian, how are you? Hello. I'm so excited to be here. I know. We have a great conversation planned for you today because we're back with our special guest, Mary Bruno. Mary, how's it going? So good. Happy to be here with y'all. Yes, Mary, you may know her from Instagram. She is on Instagram at White Lotus Blooming. She is an author, speaker, Creighton practitioner, and co-founder of co-founder and executive director of the nonprofit Fan Base. She is author of the book 12 Stripes Deep which we chatted a little bit about in our last episode with Mary, which you can also check out. We'll link that in the show notes. But today we want to talk about a topic that is very near and dear to all of our hearts, and that is fruitfulness and spiritual (laughs) motherhood. Yes. Yes. So in your book, you write, the very fact that infertility exists tells us that there are many different important ways to be fruitful. And I just want to get an amen. Yes, it there's so many different ways we as Catholic women, our identity is not restricted in any way. So often we just think about what does it mean to be the quote unquote good Catholic wife? This is an expectation we all have when we grow up, but because we expect this is something you also talk about in your book. It's not that we're just hoping to become parents. That's just what's going to (laughs) happen. Yep. Oh, yeah. And so when we get blindsided by infertility, no matter whether it's primary or secondary infertility, it's just supposed to happen. This I was raised to just think that it was just going to happen. It was going to happen so much that you were going to have to try to be preventing it all the time. (laughs) And it's happening all around me. Yes. So important, especially for everyone, not just for women and couples who are walking with infertility, but we are all called to this, to deeper fruitfulness and to fruitfulness in more ways than one. That's what we want to talk about today. First, I'd like to invite you to just tell us a little bit about your adoption experience and how you are exercising your spiritual motherhood in that way. And then we're going to talk about our other gifts. <laughs> yes, I love that. No, that's the perfect segue because it was infertility that helped me to realize how fruitful I was and am. Isn't that funny? Because yeah. most people think of fruitfulness as having children. And it was infertility that showed me how fruitful my life is and can be. And I think that was a valuable lesson that I'm grateful for. So adoption, it did not come naturally to me at all. It was something that felt really foreign And for me, it meant initially, like you said, these were my expectations. This was just what was going to happen. When I got my endometriosis diagnosis and they told me you could be infertile, I was like, I'm not going to be infertile. This is not like, (laughs) no thanks. I'm Catholic. This doesn't happen. (laughs) Imagine how far I felt when that obviously did happen. But it took a really hard day for me uh, to hit rock bottom to realize, okay, I need to be open to what does God want for my life and not what I want for my life that's it that's looking differently and it's really hard and it was hard for a really long time but just i think the the awareness and the openness to just see that god loves me so much like you you opened up with that quote the mere fact that infertility exists shows us that there's lots of different ways to be fruitful that's because god is so good and we lose sight of that 
when we are stuck in the pits of infertility. So that was this awakening of God is good. I am good. He made me. I am the gift. What is the gift that he made me? And I didn't recognize at first that I was already being a mother, first of all. Okay. This was something that I learned later on that we're all mothers and we all have these beautiful motherhood qualities. Okay. That exists whether we are infertile or not biologically. But there was something in me that I knew I was called to parent a child to in that. So to be a mother in that way, to be fruitful in that way, as well as various other ways. And so it was that I was rock bottom and I was like, okay, God, like my husband had been there. He's just had this beautiful openness. But also another interesting point is that it was talked about in his family growing up. Adoption. I didn't know anybody that was adopted. It was never discussed but it, it was very openly discussed in his family. So I think that's important to note too. Even if we're not adopting children, we can have conversations that this is normal. This is, this can be a good thing, this, whatever. So then I said, okay, God, like I'm going to take this next three months. If we're not pregnant, then we will start the process. And no, nobody likes to test God. Of course, like, that's <laughs> not what we're supposed to do. But for me, I think it was more just the process. So it, it took me a while to just change this focus from self to God and, and what he's calling me to do. And it that three months passed and I did the hard work and I was just ready. Now, I wasn't ready to bring a child into my home, but I was ready to say yes. And that is all we really need, honestly, because it was that yes, that God can take our yes and do incredible things. I think it took us about a year from that. A lot of ha- things happened in between. We could talk about it if you want, but by the time like we met Bella's birth mother and prepared to bring her into our home, there was no difference in my heart and in my mind about whether or not this would be our child that we could love just as much, no matter where that child came from. No difference. And that is, is completely the grace of God because it's what he called us to. Yeah, I did want to add one more thing when it comes to discernment for us. Again, I knew I got to simplify things for me. I'm very simple. For me, (laughs) part of my discernment process was I know I'm called to parent a child. IVF is not an option. I am not getting pregnant. It's oversimplifying a little bit, but what is the next option? And that helped me really to move forward with the process of adoption and then let God change my heart along the way. Yeah. Think of all he can do with a yes, man. Yeah. Mary Fiat on down. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking of. That Mary did not, we don't know exactly like what she knew and what that all entailed. But certainly her yes was not saying, I'm ready to raise this child with Joseph and handle all the criticism from the community and then watch him die. She was just saying, yes, God, you're asking me of something and I'll say yes. And that I love what you said. That is that really touched me. That's all you need is just the yes. And he'll provide along the way. <laughs> he'll prepare you for all of those things. Yes. And it's just so important, this aspect of discerning, because mm-hmm. a lot of times it's pushed on us from outside, like people in the community who are having a difficult time either getting pregnant or expanding their family. And then it becomes the suggestion of other people. A lot of times maybe we feel like it's just what we should do. I don't know. But we do have to approach adoption and all of its complexities just with the the picture of the reality of adoption is that it is there 
for the good of the child. And it's not to replace anything or to fill any need that exists in our hearts, but to prepare a home for a child who is in need for for whatever reason. So it is that piece of discernment is just so important. And I love what you said about being already a mother, too, because I think that is so beautiful, these things to think about. And I just remember when I was in chemo, I was talking to the social worker and I was just explaining to him how I felt like I really needed to grieve this because my husband and I have now for years wanted in a remote way to pursue adoption, but we're still not ready. But anyway, this was years ago. And he was like, because you're doing this, you're already good parents. It's all of these little steps in the discernment and the self-healing and dealing with the grief of infertility is in a way, if adoption is part of your call and active parenting. It's responsible parenthood. I love that. God is so good. Yeah. Yeah. But this spiritual motherhood, there's so many different aspects of it. What are some other ways besides adoption that you've been able to live out spiritual motherhood in your life? But you can see, I could not just title this chapter spiritual motherhood (laughs) because that would not put enough emphasis. So if you haven't seen the table of contents, it's spiritual freaking motherhood because... With exclamation point, right? (laughs) I don't think so, but I should have been trying to find it. (laughs) No, but just to grab your attention, because I think, at least I did, I hear the term spiritual motherhood. I'm like, boring. No, that's dumb. (laughs) But in reality, why are we so close to the Blessed Mother? Of course, it's because she she brought us our son, her son. That was a big deal. But it's because (laughs) she's our spiritual mother. She literally teaches us how to be mother and brings us closer to her son. That's spiritual motherhood at its finest, but we just skirt over spiritual motherhood. No, even when we can get pregnant, we have a biological child. It's any, almost anybody can do that, but it, it is the raising, the nurturing, the caring, the disciplining, the educating, the feeding, the being creative, the listening, the list goes on. That's what it means to be a mother. And that is what is needed in this world. We need good mothers, whether they are to our own children or to anybody else. I could list a million different ways, but is is as simple. Talk about being fruitful. I like to describe it as an openness to life is making God's love tangible, which happens when I'm going to the grocery store. And if I choose to smile at someone, something as little as that is fruitful. That is open to life. It's limitless how we can be fruitful. And I do think, and I make this clear in the book, that because of our Catholic faith, I don't think we've always done a good job at as describing what it means to be fruitful and open to life and procreative, is that it has become like a quota, I think, that gets met when we have children. And then I've met that quota, and so I'm done being fruitful. And what a disservice that is to the world who very much needs our spiritual parenthood, it's not just spiritual motherhood, spiritual fatherhood. And it is being done for people, with people who have kids. I just don't think they're, it's being considered in that way. And man, but just to think, oh, I think with this awareness, we can put more effort and to be like, oh, this is of great value. And my brothers and sisters in Christ need this. And so we talk about our gifts and our talents. Are we really utilizing those? God has given us these incredible gifts. Let's dive into it. And that's why I say infertility really forced me to do that. So I thank God for that, that it showed me all of these things that I recognize now when I was in the worst of it, I was so focused on having a child. I forgot myself and my marriage. Let's remember ourselves and who God made us to be. 
Oh, so good. Jillian, how about you? <laughs> yes. How are you living it out? <laughs> As you were saying that, I was thinking of all the people that God has entrusted to me throughout my life. And I think it's also easy to think of only the children that he's placed in our lives, but that is not our spiritual motherhood isn't limited to youth or children or infants that we can mother those who are far beyond our years or in the same season of life as us or very different from us, different cultures. That it's not limited to what I sometimes see as motherhood. Oh, you graduate from it when they become adults or something that we all need a, a mom. We all need a mother and, and many of them, like many, I'm, I was also thinking of all the spiritual mothers that I have in my life that have maybe been there even for just a moment, like in the grocery store, or who have been there for decades, who are still walking with me, even though, yeah, they aren't my biological mother, but in many ways, they have, they have spoken into so many ways that I needed a mother throughout my life. So I think I'm encouraging myself, but also our listeners to just think about all the people who have been entrusted to us And then also all the people we've been entrusted to that have been our spiritual mothers, because I don't think of that enough. And to, even if it's just a silent thank you, but maybe it is a vocal thank you to like, thank you for being such a good mother to me all these years that sometimes that's exactly what the heart needs to hear. A woman's heart needs to hear that she's doing that. Practically, I think because my mind went there first, I think of my nieces and nephews that we get to love on. And my husband and I have really tried to be available to them, which is something that is really beautiful in infertility that we talk about this radical availability that you are often just, you have a little bit more time on your hands perhaps than the couple who is raising a child or two or five or however many and so we really try to make it even to that the four-year-old's t-ball game or their first swimming lesson or just something that is important to them that they know that their aunt and uncle are so proud of them and here for them. And we're yeah, just encouraging them to pursue their interests. So I, that is definitely one way. And then I, yeah, I think some of my peers, because of the experiences and the crosses that God has given to me, I've, and being able to share that, I've seen a lot of people in my community now also feeling like they can share their experiences. And maybe it's just with me, or maybe it's a little bit more publicly and just walk with them and hold their hand or encourage them and know that they're being seen and heard. Um, Those are maybe just a couple ways right now that I'm thinking of with my nieces and nephews and then some friends who are also carrying really hard crosses that I can hopefully just be assignment to them for. I love that. Yeah. And it's not to say that all of this spiritual motherhood is easy. (laughs) It's really not. When you were talking about your nieces and nephews, I remember the, the last time I was home with my niece and nephew, I went upstairs and was looking at the readings for the day. And the tra- so I was, p- was paging through my Bible. So this translation doesn't have it, but it's this. The RSVC says that, and he said to them, come away by yourselves to a lonely place and rest a while. And I think the USCCB translation says desert place. And I was like, desert place. And then I was like, the desert is my comfort zone. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> a lot. Yeah, but it is. Yeah. The reality of 
children is very in your face a lot of the time. And we also just think about the example of St. Joseph. We don't have one word from St. Joseph in the Bible, but there he was, head of the Holy Family. Can you imagine being St. Joseph? (laughs) I can't. (laughs) And it, it is just amazing. People who are entrusted to us, it, and it does, we're not here for the recognition, but like you were saying, Julian, it does feel so good when you do receive a little bit of that back. And I'm just thinking, because my husband and I are at a college. He is the dean of students and professor, and I'm there doing other stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> so on Valentine's Day, I look in my mailbox, and there was a little heart with a Hershey kiss taped to it, and it said, Mama T on it. My husband had one too. It said Papa T. And I was just oh like, my gosh. This, it's like, that's what these, it is. Yeah. And they, some of them know a little bit about our story, but I don't think any of them really know how much that meant to me. Mm-hmm. You know, to just be able to be that for someone, for these college kids who are away from home, most of them mm-hmm. are very far away from their parents. But you don't ever graduate from needing a parent. Amen. <laughs> yeah, it's just really amazing. And I want to take a minute to just talk about these other gifts. So we've talked about the adoption, which is like a very tangible way of living out fruitfulness, and the spiritual motherhood, which sometimes is very tangible. And sometimes when we are like for our godchildren, for example, if they're far away, a lot of times that is like less tangible. But we also have these other gifts that we are developing all the time, even our hobbies, things we create and make for each other, our, our writings and songs and things. So, Mary, would you like to share a little bit just in these last few minutes about other gifts that you're nurturing in your life? Yeah, I assume you're getting towards rapping. Yeah, tell us about it. <laughs> I want to hear all about it. Oh, man, yes. It's, man, it's so bizarre because you're looking at me and it's not the first thing that you think of, let's be honest. But the point is that let's not judge our own gifts and the desires that has God has put on our hearts because I hid it. And what does he say about hiding your talents, right, in the gospel, uh, in the in scripture? Man, it was years for me to work up the courage to share the stuff that I was writing. And it was terrifying. And then I felt like I was unleashed. And it was crazy because I got this this encouragement, this affirmation. And then it was just became this great way to express myself. And once I stopped judging myself for this, then it was I just I had this a part of all of us that I think is creative. Creativity. There are so many different ways we can be creative. Yeah. So many different ways, whether it's so writing, just writing alone, because we have blogs and we have poems and we have even writing in, look, you can write an email creatively. Okay. And then writing songs <laughs> and then expressing those. There's just so many different ways to express ourselves. And but yeah, just giving God permission to be like, or and myself permission to say, what do you want to work in me? And look, sometimes gifts, there's a time to use them. And the time not to. And like right now in my life, it's God is not calling me to rap. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I would love to get on stage and do it. It's just, it's not what he's calling to me to be doing right now. But at the time, there was great fruit from me writing and, and expressing myself in that way. Not just for myself, but for the people who were identifying with the lyrics and with the whole thing. So yeah, I just think it's just don't judge yourself and the gifts. What is on, I was just speaking to somebody who felt like a desire to educate. They'd sent me a direct message on Instagram 
just wanted to share about fertility awareness. And just like when I started and I was just like, I can't tell what, tell you what to do, but I would just take some time and take some time with God, whether that's journaling or whatever, look into your heart. What are the things, what are my desires? What are the things that I'm good at? And God, what are you calling me to do with them? And just, again, it's another yes. And then just see what God does and just never stop being open to that because that's going to change as times change, as your life situation changes and the people that are around you. But yeah, just so many different ways, just about paying attention and not getting distracted by the things in our lives, Mm -hmm. like infertility, which is easy to get (laughs) distracted by. Yes. I, as you were saying that, I was also thinking about some of the pressures that I felt with not having children in the home and being a good housewife, feeling like I should be so good at all these things because I like have the time or I have, you know, what, like, how, how do I not know how to like make the best like turkey for Thanksgiving or like, how do I not know how to do these things? And just, you know, one, my husband is an excellent chef. He is so, he is, he makes the best food I've ever tasted. So he helps relieve some of that pressure from having to figure out those things. But also that's just not the skill that God has given me is to like cook well. And that's okay. I can cook and and I enjoy cooking for my husband and for other people. And I'm learning and my husband's teaching me and that that's a gift in itself. But that I just really appreciate what you said about noticing that the expectations that I like, who am I trying to live for? Essentially, who is this judge? And I'm, I'm forgetting the Psalm and maybe I'll, we'll put it in the show notes, but it's just about in God's eyes that we're living for not other people's eyes. We're his audience, not others. And so to just notice the gifts that he's giving me and not trying to like be the best cook when that is not what he's asking me to do. He's never, it's because it's always going to be a struggle then. But he's like, oh, I've got this other thing I want you to pursue. I want you to learn how to do this other thing. And you're trying to cook all day. It's not working. Just to like notice what he's doing. I appreciate that. Jillian, I want to back you up on that because I also have a hard time cooking. (laughs) And it is, there is this like, This is a whole other podcast episode, but like the pressure of trying to like compensate for the infertility and trying to meet these expectations of being the quoting Catholic wife. That's a, yeah. But like, (laughs) praise God for learning. Praise God for learning. I also love, Mary, what you were saying about not every gift is for every time. And I think that is important for two reasons. I'm going to forget the second one when I talk about the first one, but it's true because. Yeah, I was just thinking for me, I am a former color guard instructor, but when you move to Spain, that doesn't go with you. So (laughs) there's this aspect of giving up something that you really love to walk the path that God has given you. But here's the second one. It's also important to not let things like infertility, which can be so all-encompassing. A lot of us are in a lot of pain all the time, dealing with side effects from medications and these things. But as much as we're able, we shouldn't let that stop us or be like the mental excuse for not doing other good things. Because we've been given this time. We don't know yet all in its fullness, what God is doing in our life, but pursue a hobby, (laughs) you know, read like enlarge your mind. We do have the ability to do not everything, but some of these things and to be able to use this time 
for good. Even if it's not the good that we so hoped for, not lost. And you say hobby, but it's not a distraction. Right. You're not just finding something to di- get distracted. Infertility has this ability to rob us of ourselves. Yeah. And if we're not careful, we can go down that rabbit hole of treatments and like just our mind is just absorbed with a singular goal to have a baby. And the point is that you're just, you're so much more than that. And God has made you unique. You are so much more, even if you have a baby or don't have a baby, God has made you an individual. There's only one of you. That's something that I've learned so much. And just to take such great joy in the value of me, there's only one of me. I'm unique. My gifts and talents are unique. The way that I affect the world and the people around me is unique. And and we don't want to lose that in you. Your family and the world needs you. And so I just, I think that it, to think of spiritual motherhood and just these gifts, they're not just distractions or hobbies. They're you at your fullest, no matter what the situation is. I just think that's comforting. Yeah, that's beautiful. We don't lose ourselves either to the good stuff or, or the bad stuff. Praise God. Mary, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We're so happy to have yes. you. <laughs> thank you all for inviting me. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, listeners, you can find all of the links to everything we talked about as best as we can in the show notes. And it's just our honor to walk with you. We know it's not always easy. We know everything we say isn't always easy to hear. But just know, just from the depths of our hearts, that God loves you. And so do we. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for this Springs in the Desert podcast episode. We would be so grateful if you took a minute to rate and review us so that we can reach more listeners. Don't forget to check out our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram and go to our website, springsinthedesert.org, where you can sign up for our newsletter and community prayer list, read our blog, and register for virtual and in-person events. Most importantly, remember that God loves you so much and so do we.